Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 26. The crew is here with you again, so what's up, Richard? Hello, everyone. And with me, as always, Seth, or as you know him, Saffron Olive. Seth, how's it going? It's going well. How are you guys doing today? Doing okay. Richard, today's your cast, man. Today is all going to be GP Lyle. Um, so you being our uh, legacy expert, We'll be uh, turning to you to break down GP Lyle for us. Um, we're also going to be talking about uh, price movement. Uh, I know we haven't been able to talk about price movement in the past couple of casts, but we're going to be touching on it this week uh, because, you know, Magic Origins just, just took over. So uh, that happens sometimes. Seth is going to talk to us a little bit about his recent articles on the site. Uh, he did, as always, an amazing job getting us the EV and a couple of uh, finance articles on Magic Origins, and then we're going to wrap it up with some talk about the BNR now. Before we get into GP Lyle, uh, Seth, you wrote some really good articles. Um, so why don't you just summarize the the EV article for us and uh, a couple of points um, on your financial review of Ma- Magic Origins? All right. Well, in some ways, they kind of tie together. Let's start with the EV thing. Basically, I went through and calculated the EV like I do every set, and Magic Origins came in at about $103, uh, and that's assuming you are actually selling the cards through, like, eBay or TCG Player. So if you're trading them all the way, you can probably get a little more than that. Uh, and that's a decent EV. That means, assuming you buy a box for 95 or or 100 bucks, you should make slightly more money in cards than you spent on the box. It's not enough that you can go out and buy boxes and expect to have it be worth your time to crack them and make a profit. But it's enough that you shouldn't feel bad if you really want to open a box or if you want to do some drafts, like you should get your money back out of it. So that's pretty exciting after having Dragons of uh, Tarkir being so low EV. uh, It's nice to have a set that's actually you can expect to break even on. As far as the financial review stuff, this kind of ties into the EV because I expect a lot of the cards to decrease in price. Uh, Dragons of Tarkir was a unique situation because it was such low EV starting off that it actually increased in price, uh, which rarely happens. Since Magic Origins is starting off at like $103 in EV, it's going to lose like 30 or 40% of its value over the next few months as the sets open. So I think most cards will go down, but that doesn't mean that some specific cards that see more play than we're expecting uh, couldn't jump in price at the Pro Tour or something. Yeah, and that, and that's the, um, like you mentioned, that's just, I mean, it's a good, I guess, for for people that are, are kind of worried about another, you know, Dragons of Tarkir, where, you know, you have like a, a $40 Dragon Lord Ojitai. Now, there there are a couple cards that could be, uh, that could hold their value, like you said, because uh, most of the set is going to decrease. So there are going to be a couple cards that are will most likely maintain their value and could possibly increase a little bit as, you know, there's a decline across the board across multiple cards. Uh, I think you nailed it. Uh, your EV article was superb as always, and your financial articles tied into it, like you said. Um, I- I'm I'm thinking a lot of cards are going to end up uh, decreasing from their pre-order prices as well. So you did touch on a couple cards. Um, th- are there any cards in the set that are exciting you? <laughs> Origins is such a weird and awesome set because it has a ton of cards that you can make a legit argument for being eternal playable or at least standard staples. 
but it doesn't have very many cards that just jump off the page as like, this is obviously going to be awesome. Yeah. So it's really hard to know until the format shakes out which cards are going to increase, uh, if any. So I, I really don't. There's cards that excite me personally. Uh, I like Demonic Pact is a cool card. I like Starfield of Nyx, but that doesn't mean much in the financial realm. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually really like the design. Like I think yeah. Wizards has hit a home run. Like you don't want cards that are just powerful like everywhere. You have situationally powerful cards, so that encourages deck building and playing to the meta game. So I think it's really good design that you have good cards, but only in certain situations. Just because a set might not be like the most lucrative uh, set there is to, uh, you know, in partic- when you talk about MTG Finance, it's still a really interesting set. Uh, I-, I really like the design of it, like you said, Richard. It- it's just really fun, and I, I think as a I mean, it's kind of sad, actually, when, I mean, we've talked about Magic Origins for the past two weeks, uh, so not to, like, keep harping on it, but it's just really sad to see a core set go, because if they started making them like this, I think they would actually be kind of successful, right? Yeah, I was thrilled to hear that core sets were leaving, because they're normally just pretty bland and not that exciting, especially for uh, established players that have been playing the game for the while, but... Magic Origins, totally, I would love to see more sets like this. And it made me sad, too, to think that we don't have this opportunity again. And it's going to be a lot harder to put things like Goblin Piledriver in a set because it just, with a core set, the flavor doesn't matter as much. You can kind of stick in those weird reprints. But it's a lot harder to find a home for a lot of cards uh, when you don't have the core set as a landing spot. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you make a great point. It's, it's, It's really hard, these... If they just kind of treated it like uh, Magic Origins going forward, I don't think there really would have been a problem. But, I mean, unfortunately, with this new cadence, I just don't think it's going to happen. We'll see going forward. Um, they did say that they'll find time to uh, include some aggressive reprints. But um, So overall, uh, in, in terms of a finance uh, standpoint, you know, Magic Origins, there will be a couple of cards that could possibly increase or hold uh, the value that they have right now. But a lot of these cards will undoubtedly decrease. Um, so if you want to ask more questions, feel free to ask us on social media. All three of us are on there. I know I'm personally invested in a few cards, not to you know go off on a tangent on that, so you could just ask me or Seth what we think about any of the cards going forward. So um, with that, let's talk about GP Lyle. So uh, Richard, you're, you're our legacy guy. Um, break it down for us, because I, I did catch a good amount of it towards the end uh the top eight and uh i, I have some i have some uh opinions <laughs> did, did everyone enjoy miracles and untimed rounds no <laughs> no absolutely not um, i watched i watched on and off on day one to, to see a glimpse and it's pretty interesting um like legacy the letter the legacy metagame is very localized and just the number of aggro loam decks in the top eight was really surprising. And it's not a deck I've seen quite often, um, but it's a Knight of the Reliquary, um, Life from the Loam deck, uh, and Chalice of the Void. Uh, but that was actually pretty rampant in the top eight, which was surprising to me. I haven't seen that deck a lot. But other than that, we had the usual suspects. We had Miracles. Uh, we had various combinations, color combinations of Delver. Uh, some infect thrown in there, uh, and some lands. So uh, overall, it, it was pretty a standard-looking legacy event. Um, but 
hopefully it it showcased the power of legacy to people who haven't played legacy before and uh hopefully we can keep this format going uh so it, it's nice to see legacy in the feature match uh at a grand prix so th- this was <laughs> now let me preface this by saying i really do enjoy legacy some miracles uh, hate coming, I feel like. No, no, not, 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 well, <laughs> yes, and just some other points uh, I wanted to make. I, I mean, I love Legacy. I think it's a great format. That's why it's been around for so long. It's so diverse. But it's like, I can understand why they don't show this format on camera so, like as much as they used to. That that finals was boring as hell. It, it's just like, it was so inevitable that like miracles, like just watching it, I don't know. Watching this format is so like it's great and so boring at the same time. I don't know how anyone could get excited for a miracles uh, versus miracles matchup. Now I understand like this probably happens a lot over the course of like Star City game opens and all that, but they just don't show them on camera anymore. So it's like you get to see the results, but you don't actually see like the painful um, matchups on camera. I mean, I was watching one of the semifinals and. One of the Delver players just looked miserable. <laughs> just looked absolutely miserable. You could tell he was visibly frustrated when he was just throwing down copies of Tarmogoyf, you know, in just a, a hope that something can get onto the field past like a counterbalance and something like that. And it's just, I love magic. And sometimes it just really sucks that it's like so non interactive. One player is literally just sitting there doing nothing. And. You know, my take is that if you're gonna if you're gonna showcase legacy and you're gonna keep players making comments. What? (laughs) Well no, it's like you can't even play like you can't even play like fair decks in this in this format anymore. They just look so like they just look so obsolete. The the problem in in Legacy is you have good matchups and you have bad matchups. And when Miracles has a good matchup and they're ahead, it looks, like, demoralizing. <laughs> but if you watch, like, 12 posts against Miracles oh, or God. Goblins against Miracles, it's the exact opposite. Like, the Miracles player cannot actually win. They might as well just, like, scoop, scoop and go get lunch, <laughs> right? Like, so it's a slow bleed, but I don't know that it's any different from any other format where you play, like, you know, blue-black control in standard or anything. Um, you know, during its heyday with Nathalia Drownyard where you're sitting there and, your death is coming, you know, after the third Sphinx's revelation, the game is over, but you can't kill him yet. Yeah. So it's kind of the same, but the problem with Legacy is you got to top and fetch every turn. So yeah, and, and it takes that, quite a while it, just it to is. do the same slow, bleeding death. Yeah, and it, it, you, you make a good comparison. There are other decks that kind of, like, are, are similar to this, but, I mean, when you have the dude sitting there topping every single turn, looking for his one of Entreat the Angels... To try and win the game, you—I know, mean—you just want to like scoop your eyes out. Like, I feel you. I mean, I dislike the Miracles deck uh, as a tournament player because the rounds just take so long. So every round they will do. take an hour fifteen, right? Because there'll be some Miracles player going to turn, and the five turns still takes a long time. And the other part is when you play against a Miracles player, there's always this weird pressure because I'm a really nice person. I don't want to call a judge over and be like, "Hey, slow play." Right? Yeah. Or you're also pressured to play fast because, um, you know, if you don't play fast, you're never going to complete your rounds, right? So Or your games. Yeah. So I personally don't like Miracles kind of due to the timing. But if I was playing Moto, then yeah, Miracles is a fine deck, right? Like there's a timer. If they time out, that's their problem. I don't have issues with that. But it does create this awkward situation where 
you know, if you're not experienced, uh, inexperienced Miracles players play really slow. You need to play lightning fast. You got to top fast. You got to fetch fast. You got to make all your decisions really fast. And if you're new to the deck, you're really slow. And then you have this awkward situation where people need to call judges in for slow play. And it's a gray area, right? Like how slow is slow, right? Like, well, so. then, well, I mean, not to gauge, like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> to me, it still seemed extremely slow. <laughs> and I'm assuming um, Claudio B- Bagnani, however you say his name, sorry to butcher your name, seemed pretty good, at, and, and Oliver Ru- Ruel seemed pretty good piloting the deck, and it still seemed slow, even looking at them through each of the top eight matchups. But, I mean, hey, it's the top eight. Now there's no time limit. They can just sit there and top, you know, pretty much however many times they want. Yep. And um, untimed rounds, miracles. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's just painful. awful. It's really awful. So either so, do something about arguments top. for banning top yeah. and modern because of the slowness, or the fact that wizards didn't want fetches and standard because it kind of just bogs down the game with like, you know, these mechanical things you just need to do. All right, but the thing is, I don't, I don't know if we want legacy to be like standard or modern. No, like, we don't. We don't. Like it's good. I, from my perspective, it's good that it has its own flavor and that the games go on longer sometimes. And you have all like in Legacy, unlike any other format, games are really literally decided by someone cracking a fetch land at the wrong time on turn one or turn two. Like that's a winning or losing decision. The games are so intricate, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice to be good at Legacy. Unlike some other formats where it doesn't really matter when you crack your fetch for the most part, you don't have all these micro decisions. Like, that's the format that Legacy is. It's a ton of these micro decisions that add up to these small incremental advantages. And I love that about the Legacy format, even if it does take a long time to get through some of the matchups. Yeah, I love Legacy too. And, like, I understand, I mean, <laughs> me and you had a pretty funny back and forth. Um, I am not in any way calling for this game to be Hearthstone or anything like that. But, I mean... It just looked miserable sometimes. Like, like there there should be at least something that has to be done where there should be some sort of timed, uh, like, clock or something, even in the top eight where, you know, you can't just sit there and keep activating top every single, like, time you want to react to something and then just sitting there for, like, ten minutes and, you know, thinking about what you want to do with the, the, those three cards. I would love to have a Magic Online clock in Paper Magic, but... Every time I talk to people about it, it, it doesn't seem practical <laughs> out, to actually, yeah. like, implement it. Like, there's just no good way of doing it, unfortunately. Like I said, like, Miracles has been doing this. Like, I mean, Legacy has been going along for a long time. Like, the past few months we've been talking about it, and Miracles has been a deck. It's just, like, when it's suddenly on camera and everyone gets to, like, check in, I guess, on the format. Oh, hey, it's Legacy. We don't, we don't see this on uh, stream all that often. We don't see this on camera all too often. Let's watch. Oh, now I understand like why they don't put this on camera anymore. It's like <laughs> I want to kill myself. But. And I and I think a lot of it is it's just so different that people people don't understand that good magic doesn't have to be fun for both players. Like <laughs> people people are used to seeing standard and modern, where it's just creatures bouncing off of each other, that's, and that's like modern magic. And they don't get the beauty of these like really intricate control mirror matches that you see in a miracles versus miracle match you know what screw hearthstone we're, you know what we're gonna stay with our slogan magic where it's pretty much not fun for both players <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just the miracles you get the no, same boring matches in hearthstone when you get like control decks against each other it's basically control decks against each other right because they, they don't do anything proactive 
they sit around and react to each other. They basically fill up their hands and then wait and, you know, see who goes first, right? But, you know, when you watch Storm go off, when you watch High Tide go off, when you watch, I don't know, a a rug Delver deck end the game with no permanence on the other side, that's exciting magic to me, right? Like, there are other matchups that aren't Drago and see who lands a Jace, right? There's, There's other things you can do in Legacy, so... And really, most Legacy matchups aren't like that, to be fair. Like, Miracles yeah. is really the only true control deck in Legacy, right, Richard? Yeah, it's... I mean, it's... There, there's no real control, because it's hard to lock down your opponents. And Miracles does it with counter counterbalance and top. Um, but it, it's very hard to one-for-one one your opponent the entire game and, like, not screw up. Whereas yeah, I mean, Standard like, and Modern, yeah. it, you know, you're even if you can't lock them down, they're not going to kill you in, like, a blink of an eye. Whereas in Legacy, they can. So true control decks are hard to come by. And uh, Miracles is is the, the only one we have. Yeah, Legacy, or Miracles is the only true control deck in Legacy, and the matches aren't all like that. It just so happens that Miracles is like the most popular deck in Legacy right now. <laughs> so there you go. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not screaming to change the format, but I will say this, like, I can understand why it's not on camera anymore, and this is not a knock on the format, but if Wizards is not going to, like, really care about what goes on in Legacy and they're not going to actively ban and unban cards, relevant cards, I should say, not like Wolgorge or Dragon, like, who the hell cares? (laughs) If they're not going to do that, then don't even, like, try to, like, promote. Don't even make any GPs Legacy. Don't do anything, and I guess that's what they're doing. It's just so disheartening because it's such a good format. If they just I'm going to fly out to the it. East Coast, and we're going to play Legacy, man. Like, no, I love <laughs> Once I love you play Legacy, Legacy, there's no going back. <laughs> I do. I, I'm not knocking Legacy. It's just, like, it's just so disheartening because, like, they don't care about it, and they blatantly don't care. And when people watch it, they don't get excited about it. Like, there was nothing exciting about that finals. I'll give you that. It's very um, non-beginner friendly. It's not. You know, like, when someone resolves a brainstorm, like, no one knows what's going on. Like, it's, like, one of the most <laughs> intricate decisions ever. But as, as as the common, you know, viewer, you're like, I don't know, he just drew three cards and put two back. You know, it's not as exciting as having, like, 22-2 manifest tokens or, you know, whatever you can do in standard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's like Seth said, right? Like, I've lost many games by just playing the wrong land first. Like, the, the first non-mulligan move of the game, and, like, you've lost it, like, right there on the spot. Right, it's it's like that intricate, right? And that's yeah. why I love legacy. Like every single game and turn, you learn something new. Whereas yeah, when you play standard, like you know, after a while you go through the motions, right? When you're playing mono black devotion or something, like you know, after you know fifty games or you know thirty games or something, like you got a down pack. You know your matchups, and you know you just go on autopilot and hope you get there. Whereas legacy, like every card is live at all times, and there's just so much to consider that. You know, it's impossible to go through a game or even, like, a turn without making a mistake. Yeah. It's just, like, a little disheartening because it's such, a, like, it's such an intricate format and it's really reserved for the people that are invested in Legacy at the at this point in the game, like, so far into the game's life. The amount of people that play Legacy really are invested in Legacy. Uh, it takes a lot of practice to be good at Legacy and it really pays off. It probably pays off better than any other format. And it feels good to be good at Legacy. Like, I, I would, if I was, like, extremely, extremely good at Legacy, that would be really rewarding to me. 
you know, I wouldn't have, I don't have as much time to be as good as legacy right now, but I, I, it's just such a great format and just watching it sometimes just really sucks, unfortunately. But I guess that's what happens when you have such a massive card pool and you have all these little cards and their little intricate synergy and, and uh, sequencing. It's just so important. It's really, it could really punish you and it could be really rewarding. So, but I, I do agree, like in, in a time where Magic is trying to like reinvent themselves and draw in new people, like new players, like the last thing you want to see is miracles versus miracles, and, counterbalance top, and uh, no one knows what the hell is going on. And to be fair, we get like two legacy GPs a year, and it's been like that for a while. So I think Wizards will probably keep going forward the same way. Like, Legacy yeah. isn't going to be a GP format every weekend or even every month. But a couple times a year, they throw a bone to all the Legacy players and uh, let us get to watch an event on camera, even if it makes the rest of you miserable. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's interesting is I've, I've been seeing a lot of Legacy streams uh, start popping up. So I think, like, South Florida Magic uh streams are legacy events uh card kingdom where i used to play legacy a lot just started streaming their events this week i think so it's interesting to see all of these like local game stores uh putting up streams to kind of replace the void uh yeah. that the scg opens uh left for legacy we better start going back to card kingdom man i gotta see you on the stream well unfortunately i don't live in seattle anymore so uh, it's gonna be tough <laughs> ah you could make the trip come on <laughs> um so any kind of final thoughts on uh, GP Lyle? Like, is this, it was kind of just standard for you, nothing really, like, uh, aside from uh, the loam. Why Why do you think so much loam showed up? I think it's regional differences. Um, yeah. I know, like, the, like, different countries have different uh, decks that are, that are popular. So when you go play in the U.S. versus, uh, you know, a European country, the metagame is quite different based on what the players play there. Um, I haven't played internationally, so I have no idea, but that's what I've heard. If you go to Japan, Legacy is totally different. So that that is my guess. It's really location-based. And it, it's interesting that that happens even within the U.S., too. Like, the East Coast metagame is different than the West Coast or the Midwest. Like, when they were playing Legacy on the SCG stream every weekend, you could see, like, some some states or regions were, like, combo areas where everyone's, like, playing Storm. Other places, more people are playing Miracles or Maverick. So it's really, more so than other formats, like, Legacy really is a regional game, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, that's, and again, that's really uh, a great part of, of the uh, format. And it, hopefully that's where, well, I'm hoping, you know, that's, that's their hope, is that Modern gets into some semblance of uh, what Legacy is. So, all right. Um, Seth? Uh, let's talk about the price movement because uh, we haven't really got to talk about it that much uh, in the past few weeks. So let's handle it. All right. So standard, looking at the weekly change, we have uh, the winners are Collected Company, uh, Windswept Teeth, Polluted Delta, Dictate of Erebos, Flooded Stand, Strand, Court of Calling, Wooded Foothills, Tassiger, Bloodstained Mire, and Goblin Rabblemaster. Uh, losing value, we got Dragonlord Ojutai, Stormbreath Dragon, Dragonlord Slumgar, Nissa Worldwaker, Dragonlord Atarka, Perilous Vault, Rimaz, Narset, Whisperwood Elemental, and Temple of Enlightenment. So, I think now's the time to be getting your fetch lands, um, if you need them to play standard, because they're going to be very important soon. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree that's, with that's you. That's my take on this weekly change. 
collected company up to seventeen dollars. Whew, that is nuts. Oh, and your favorite card, Dictative Erebus, is up up to a do- up to almost two dollars. Almost two bucks. It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, Tazigur. I mean, obviously, um, there's some like little discrepancies, like Court of Calling and Rabble Master. Um, aren't because of like sudden standard um, hype. Uh, these are kind of residual hype from modern. One being uh, Goblin Pile Driver. The other, the, the success of these Court of Calling decks and these um, elves, you know, cord. Just a- anything with cord and modern, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Those are definitely more modern influenced, and it's interesting to me that we have three Dragon Lords among the five biggest losers this week as well. Yeah, I just, um, I think just the way standards going, uh, they're they're not as hype as uh, they used to be. I mean, Dragon War Ojutai is still a very good card, but I mean, I just maybe they're just on a decline because they're just not as hyped as they were. More copies got opened, uh, so there's more in the market, and uh, we're starting to see that now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that has a lot to do with it. Is just the supply is finally catching up with the demand. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Polluted Delta, I mean, the blue fetches are starting to really take off. I mean, they're almost 20 bucks again. Yeah, definitely. If you want them for the fall, there's very little reason not to buy them now, as you said. Like, people aren't really opening cons anymore. Redemption usually focuses mostly on the newest sets, so it'll be Magic Origins and it was Dragons before that. So the supply isn't increasing nearly as much as it was three or six months ago. Yeah. On the modern end of things, uh, so we have on the weekly changes, we have Arcbound, both versions of Arcbound, Ravager, Magus of the Moon, Aether Vial, Horizon Canopy, another, uh, both copies of uh, Aether Vial, I should say, Mutavolt, Tarmogoyf, Grove of the Burn Willows, and Black Cleave Cliffs. Uh, on the losers, we have Gorio's Vengeance, Guiltleaf Palace, Through the Breach, Jace the Mind Sculptor, Snapcaster Mage, Blood Moon, Doubling Season, Tendo Ice Bridge, Cryptic Command, and Cryptic Command. So the thing I guess I can take away of, uh, from this is um, uh, Robots is starting to become really good again. <laughs> is that uh, what's going on? It's, it's up 50%. <laughs> is yeah. it just based off modern Affinity? Well, I mean, <sighs> Affinity never really went away, and it's still a really popular deck, and it was still one of the more cheaper uh, decks in the format in comparison to six months ago. Um, and with the reprint of Mox Opal, that kind of brought down the overall value. That was really the most valuable part of the deck. And so I guess uh, the rest of the deck kind of just soaked up that value, and now you're seeing Ravager start going back up. So it's because, not related to Origins in any way? Uh, maybe. I mean, I heard some rumblings about Hangerback, whatever that card is, <laughs> uh, being... Um, a player in the in the deck, but no way. I don't He's undoing, it. my friend. He's undoing. Oh, that's too, that too. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the actual cause of this, but like Aether Vial is like almost a forty dollar card now. Like I remember picking those up for like ten bucks, and that's from Magic Origins hype, right? From Goblin. Yeah, and also Merfolk. Same with Mud of Vault. kind of the same. Same way Goblin's hype plus Merfolk actually performing. I was so confused. Mutavolt. <laughs> Mutavolt. It's Mutavolt. <laughs> it's a muddle. It's a piece of mud. Uh, but yeah, no, um, Richard, yeah, that's basically what's going on here. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you think about it, 
The first printing of Arcbound Ravager was in Marodin, which was a long time ago. Modern Masters, really, the first one didn't really add that many more to the pool. So now you just kind of see over the course of the, the years that have gone by, these just start of just really starting to take off. Days Undoing could probably be drawing some hype. But I don't know about that hanger back card. I mean, <laughs> I just don't know. I'm not, I'm not seeing a great argument for it. Well, you play uh, a Modern Affinity, right, Chaz? Isn't that your Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm – yeah, I, I avidly play Modern Affinity. I'm not super excited about paying two mana for a 1-1. One, one. I mean – that's the least amount you could pay for it. So, I mean, that's not really like advancing your strategy into an affinity. I mean, I could, people have been saying to me like, oh, it's like a good mid range uh, card in affinity. I get that, but there's not many people, there's very little affinity players that play like that mid range, get their kind of affinity. I mean, the, the deck is trying to wrap up the game in like four or five turns. So there is no middle, mid to late game strategy. Yeah, uh, you just regurgitate your hand, and that's where I can see Days Undoing being a lot more of a hype than the Hanger Back card, because that's just that's just amazing and and like uh, affinity. What about the Uncommon Lord Jazz? Does that have any outside chance? No, because Master of Ethereum is just basically straight up better. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and the color restriction is really not that big of a deal. Uh, when you're playing Mox Opals and um, Spring, Spring Leaf Drums and Glimmer Void, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. So, I mean, if three mana, yeah, three mana, I just play Master. Yeah. And most and most decks don't even play Master anymore. So, yeah, I think if they're going to be playing a three mana card, it's going to be Days Undoing. Uh, it just looks insanely good in the deck. Um, as far as the losers go, Gorio's Vengeance, I I think it's dropping so much because there's like this banning fear uh, that this might show up on the next um, uh, ban and restricted announcement uh, come Origins. So that's why we're seeing it on the top of the losers. Um, the rest of these, I mean, Guilt Leaf Palace was just purely hype for elves. There was no real uh, solid ground for this other than hype. There hasn't even been a good deck list on camera, so uh, and a couple of these, I mean, have just been declining uh, naturally. I think. Yeah, I mean, you can see a lot of cards that increased a lot recently, giving back some of the value, which makes sense after a buyout. Usually, a card gets bought out, spikes to this extreme high, then kind of falls back down till it finds its right price point. Yeah, and I think a couple of them, while already being high, like a. a Snapcaster Maze, it's just, it's just a typical like market pushback. Yeah, and I mean, 2% of a $92 card like exactly. Ace or an $81 card, that's not really a significant price movement. It's no, like a dollar or two out of $100. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, yeah. So it's not really that big of a deal. Um, they're still expensive. Uh, they're still uh, very high demand for, the, for those types of cards. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, um, not really anything jumping out at me. No, I think that, like you said, with Gorio's Vengeance, that Through the Breach and Tenno Icebridge might fall into the same category as cards yeah. from decks that people are worried about getting banned this coming Monday. Speaking of, um, I guess our kind of last topic for this cast, uh, it's not going to be a 
long one. We've had two really long casts in the past two weeks. So, what's your best guess on what's going to show up Monday on the ban restricted announcement, Richard? All formats, no changes. Uh, <laughs> I actually yeah, think Digs Through Time might actually get the ban hammer legacy. You think so? Dig Through Time too powerful. Like that—that's a soul-crushing yeah. way to lose to miracles. You know, you you fight through. You think you finally got them, and then they just ch- you know cast a two-man to dig through time, get the two best cards in their deck, and crush you. I I think like treasure cruise and dig through time. I think those cards are too powerful. Um, uh, for their their drawbacks aren't big enough. Like delve is not uh, a real drawback. Uh, it's so easy to feel your graveyard in the eternal formats. So I think Dig Through Time actually has a chance of being banned. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up. Um, but other than that, I don't think we're going to see any significant changes. Maybe some, you know, World Gorger Dragon-esque card gets unbanned somewhere. But, <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> you know, well, prices go crazy, but, you know, nothing actually happens in the Magic metagame. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, they left it alone the last time. Uh, I guess they wanted to gauge, like, if it was still good uh, without being paired up with uh, Dig Through Time, but I guess it's still just too powerful to leave around, right? I mean, you see the the, the resurgence of Omnitel, like Omnitel, yep. basically, so you can play Dig Through Time. Uh, you play that instead of playing Show and Tell. Um, and, uh, you know, Miracles plays uh, a couple Dig Through Times. Uh, Grixis, uh, Grixis decks are Dig Through Time decks. So the meta game is quote unquote dominated by dig through time right now. Um, whether that's oppressive, like I have no idea. Um, but it is a very powerful effect and it is, you know, aside from like Jace the Mind Sculptor coming out on an empty board, that's like probably the second card you fear the most. Like they just dig through time. Like <laughs> they're like, okay, get the two best cards, go. What am I going to do now? Right? Like it's, it's a pretty tough card to beat. It's kind of like a Sphinx's Revelation for like, seven mana or something <laughs> it's like if that goes off like you're not going to win anymore so yeah uh seth what do you think uh, i think richard is probably right i think most likely we'll get a no changes uh i do think that something from amulet bloom probably summer bloom and something from the grizzle grizz shoal brand or whatever we're calling that deck now probably gorio's vengeance will get banned uh it's just traditionally Wizards waits to shake up the format till before the Pro Tour, which would be, I guess, two announcements from now in the winter. So I'm not sure there's any real reason for them to shake up Modern right now when they can wait and do it uh, for a fresh format when the pros get their hands on it this winter. Yeah, um, I'm going to incline to agree that even though uh, it's not cool to see, wait, there's always going to be some sort of combo deck and you don't want to like ban the most popular deck in the format right now because it's doing well or something like that. But I could see if they like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if what you said happens where they target something in bloom or uh, that grizzle brand deck right now. Um, yeah, but I'm just not seeing it. I just don't think they're that dominant, like a birthing pod where they really need to get the ax. I will say though, we had that long conversation about uh, top and legacy and the Bloom deck basically does the same thing. Like, if you remember Justin Cohen in the finals of the Pro yeah. Tour, like, taking 30-minute turns while figuring out what land to bounce, what land to transmute for, like, it's not a it's not a very fun deck to watch on camera, especially when 
uh, inexperienced players are playing it. Yeah. And like I said, in modern, I mean, there's just still so many decks. Like, there's the two decks, even even Bloom being so good, like, as good as it is right now, isn't that dominant. Like, there, other decks can still win. It's not like a pod where everyone shows up with pod and um, like they were in the past and, you know, half the field is pod. You know, there's still plenty of options in modern that that can all perform well. No, that's a good point. That's true. It's not like these decks are breaking the format, but they are also breaking the winning consistently on turn yeah. two or turn three rule, which even without dominating a field might be enough of a reason to get the yeah. hammer. Yep. See, that's that, that's the stipulation that I was um, going to say, too. Yeah, I, I think they do break it enough that Wizards could just axe it. Is it time so. for Bloodbraid Alpha guys? Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any unbannings, to be honest. A couple people were saying Dread Return. But... No, that 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 seems dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but I was I was like right away I was like I don't think so, man. <laughs> That's a card That's that makes a... real dredge possible in modern, yeah. and I don't know if we want that. I don't think we do. <laughs> Aren't we trying to stop turn you know turn two, turn three decks? Why would they want to put one back? So uh, I don't think any unbannings, um, if anything, what what would be the safest unbanning right now? I know we talked about Jace uh, on previous podcasts. Uh, what could be uh, innocuous? Oh, man. I'm actually... I need to look up... I'm, I'm Googling. Uh, modern, let's see. So Pod obviously isn't safe. Chromox, same way. Cloud Post. Dark Depths. Oh, maybe Deathbird Shaman. What about Green Sun Zenith? Like, no. With us, yeah. Oh, Green. No, Green Sun because no. you can catch like Dryad Arbors and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Mental Misstep. Mm. Are there that many one drops to counter in modern? I guess path. No, no, it's a bad idea. <laughs> because you, you'll run it to counter path and lightning bolts, and Aaron will run mental misstep to counter mental missteps, and then it, it's the same problem. There's enough so I powerful. Guess, I guess the ban list is justified then if there's not really anything that is, you know, if everything on there is too egregious to come off. What about Sword of the Meek? That's not that dominant of a combo, is it, without Dark Depths? Wait, what? It combos with Dark uh, Depths? You mean Doctor. Foundry? I mean, Thopter Foundry? Well, no, yeah, th- that is kind of a ridiculous. Is Thopter well, the, Foundry legal in modern? Yes. Foundry oh. is legal. I mean, the dominant deck in Extended was a Thopter Dark Depths deck. Like, that was the Vampire Hex Mage Dark Depths combo combined with Thopter Foundry Sword of the Meat combo. Like, that was... Uh, that was like with each other. I'm, I'm missing something. It's like it's like the Living End with Twin in it. It was There's basically just two different. Yeah, it was two really good uh, decks put to, that were mashed <laughs> together to form an even better deck. Basically, I don't need yeah. any other cards. So we'll just put this other combo deck <laughs> in my deck. I mean, literally. I mean, that's literally what Living End is doing right now. They're like, uh, we can either win by casting Living End or not casting it, pretty much, or we'll just Twin out of nowhere. So, yeah. Well, then I guess. Uh, it won't be a very exciting Monday. <laughs> Ancestral Visions. Ancestral Visions. Nah. <laughs> can you cascade? What can you cascade? Yes. 
Uh, I guess the flea. yeah, I guess the entire like living end deck. Yeah, but then you're playing like <laughs> bad cascade cards to get draw three. Is it worth it to play ardent uh, plea to draw three cards? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're still up two cards, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still draw three cards for three mana, and you get exalted on an enchantment. Like, what could be better what? than that? There you go, man. <laughs> Blue white zoo. <laughs> How about Ponder? <laughs> oh, nah. Bad? Are they still... It made combo decks too consistent still? Yeah. Like, they're, good? They're, oh. It's just... Yeah. I look at this Oh, look at all these great legacy cards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's the cards even too good for legacy. <laughs> Next up, Divination. <laughs> Coming to the modern ban list. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Cloudpost would have been too egregious. Oh, maybe not. Well, if they ban Summerbloom, but Prime Time is still legal. They well, got all like, these oppressive cards. See, with Prime Evil Titan, you can't print good lands anymore. Yeah. Well, no, uh, we're just wishful. Thinking. And you got Vesuva and the Gain Life Post deck, whatever the Glimmer oh, Post. Yeah. So you can basically play Legacy Twelve Post and play Emrakul on like <laughs> turn four, hard cast it. <laughs> yeah. That's not quite breaking the rule, though. No, but it's miserable. Oh. <laughs> no, that is. I'm totally agreeing with that. It is miserable. Um, all right, I think that uh, that covers everything, right? I think yeah, so. I think we did. Yeah. All right, dudes. Uh, good cast. A little short this week, but that's okay. Um, the Magic Origins pre-releases are happening this weekend, so everyone go have a good time. Let us know how it was, and we'll talk about it next cast. You guys going? Not right. I'm going. Uh, I'm trying, I, I always try to go to every pre-release. Possibly. Oh, right. I might be going. I want right. a new Lilia. Physically? Seth? What? <laughs> Physically. I think I might actually go. Magic Origins looks pretty sweet, and I want to play it. So. All right. First, All right, first person well, to post their foil flip planeswalker on Twitter wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for joining in for this week of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. We will see you next week.